Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series in the Book of Romans with part one of this message entitled, The Christian Sacrifice, preached September the 4th, 2011. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Romans chapter 12, verse 1. In a brief moment of sanity, a man said, You are going to have to serve somebody. Yes, indeed. You are going to have to serve somebody. Well, it may be the devil. Or it may be the Lord. But you are going to have to serve somebody. And that is true. Every unbeliever serves the devil. And every true Christian serves the Lord Jesus Christ all of life. Romans 12, 1 and 2 speaks of the Christian life. The Christian life. What is the Christian life which is serving all of life? Our Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, St. Paul received apostleship To call people unto the obedience of faith. So Romans 12, 1 through 2 is one of the best known passages in the New Testament. It serves as the introduction to the whole practical section of chapters 12 through 16. Here, Christian theology of salvation leads to Christian ethics. Indicative leads to imperative. Doctrine points to life. Holiness is the point to which the entire epistle to the Romans is leading. If there is no difference in the life of the justified, he is not a Christian. He serves the devil. Justification always leads to sanctification. Paul exhorted Timothy in 1 Timothy 4.16, watch your life and doctrine. We read in Ephesians 1 verse 4. For God chose us in Jesus Christ before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Holy living in this evil age is the Christian response to God's grace given us in Jesus Christ. The unbeliever with his depraved mind. Worships the devil, worships creation, and lives a life of perversion. True believers in Jesus Christ worship the triune God and serve him only in holiness with a renewed, redeemed mind. Jesus Christ is righteousness. And holiness for his people. 
therefore the liar tells truth the thief works with his hands to give to the needy the old john mr drunkard becomes mr new john who is sober and loves his family and provides for them the puritans therefore insisted that all life and relationships must become holiness to the lord robert murray machain said a great preacher my people's greatest need is my personal holiness so now let us turn to the verse 1 here paul begins i exhort you therefore therefore points to what he has written so far the first 11 chapters especially chapter 3 verse 21 through 26 which speaks of our justification our redemption on the basis of atonement of jesus christ our justification through faith therefore points to the objective reason for our glorious salvation that reason is jesus christ paul the apostle is exhorting us as the ambassador of christ how then we should live in this present evil age god himself through his apostle exhorting us to live a holy life in response to his glorious gracious salvation he calls us brothers we are all born of god and therefore brothers and sisters we belong to the one family of god as brothers and sisters we love one another as taught in first john we walk in love we walk in light we walk in wisdom we walk in the holy ghost we walk in truth we walk in faith jews and gentiles black and white brown and yellow men and women slaves and masters rich and poor tall and small there is no discrimination jesus christ died for all of us sinners number 2 saint paul exhorts us through the mercies of god god's mercy is the ground of his exhortation he spoke of mercy four times in romans 11 verse 30 through 32 we were all disobedient and he showed mercy to all we did not merit god's salvation we merited eternal damnation yet he saved us by grace by mercy by love in romans 9 verse 18 we 
Read, therefore, God has mercy on whom he wants to have mercy, and he hardens whom he wants to harden. We learn that there are vessels of wrath prepared for destruction, and there are vessels of mercy prepared in advance for glory. Praise God. By his rich mercy we have been foreloved, predestinated, effectually called, justified forever, being sanctified to be glorified. All due to God's mercy. It is used in the plural mercies. Through the mercies of God. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 3 calls God the Father as Father of mercies and God of all comfort. Mercy means God does not give us what we deserve. Grace means God gives us what we do not deserve. That is eternal life. God shows mercy to the pitiful. Mercy presupposes sin. God showed mercy to the sinner, the publican. God showed mercy to Saul of Tarsus, the Pharisees, the worst sinner. So he says here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. God showed mercy to John Newton, a wretched sinner, a slave trader, a slave of an African woman who forced him to eat from a dusty floor scraps of food. He was almost killed in a terrible storm as he pumped water in the ship's hold. Then he remembered his mother's words. He cried out to God and he saved him. He became a great preacher of God's mercy and grace. Only great sinners who receive rich mercy and confess Christ enter the kingdom of heaven. The rich he sends empty away to eternal hell. God of mercies. We need mercies. His mercies are new every morning. We read he daily bears our burdens. He gives us daily bread. He forgives us daily. If you, O Lord, kept a record of sins, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness. Therefore you are feared. We are saved by grace and live by grace. Christ is the vine, we are the branches. Without him we can do nothing. Heathen sacrifice to obtain mercy. Christians sacrifice to God because we are given mercies. His grace is sufficient for us. 
Number three, the apostle exhorts us to present our bodies in sacrifice to God. We are to put ourselves, all we are and all we have, unreservedly at his disposal for his exclusive service. In the Old Testament, the worshiper offered an animal that was ceremonially killed in sacrifice to God. We are exhorted to offer not a substitute but ourselves in gratitude to God in gratitude for our salvation. We offer ourselves. Yes, we are gods by creation and by redemption. We are not our own. We are born of God. We have a new divine nature. We have Holy Spirit dwelling in us. We are justified. We are being sanctified. We have new power to serve God. We used to serve the devil. Now we serve the Lord. We are united with Christ. We are adopted children of God. We are heirs of God. The devil is no longer our master. The Bible says, whom we obey is our master. We confessed our faith when we confessed Jesus is Lord. Jesus is our master. We obey Jesus, we worship and serve him only. We present our bodies to him in sacrifice because we are priests of God. Every believer is a priest offering one's bodies in service to God. So we read in 1 Peter chapter 2, as you come to him the living stones rejected by men but chosen by God and precious to him, you are also like Living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. First Peter 2.9 But you are a chosen people, royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Revelation 5.10 You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they will reign on the earth. We believe in the priesthood of all believers. In the name of our high priest Jesus Christ. We can approach the throne of grace with confidence. Any time and at any place. We have something to offer to God. Our bodies. The services of our bodies. So we read. In Romans 6 verse 13, do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer the parts of your body to him as instruments of righteousness. Christians, you have no right to sin. 
We offer our bodies in sacrifice that is in service to God. This sacrifice is not propitiatory. But gratitudinary, a term that maybe I just coined, expressing our gratitude for mercy received. Isaac was offered by Abraham, it was not voluntary on Isaac's part, but we offer ourselves gladly. We delight to do God's will. There is great joy in serving Jesus. Because Jesus is our righteousness, redemption. He is our propitiation because of that. In gladness we serve him. Love gives, love sacrifices, love serves, love obeys. So we read 2 Corinthians 5. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves. But live for him who died for them and was raised again. And First Peter 2 verse 21 to this you were called because Christ suffered for you leaving you an example that you should follow in his footsteps. But Samuel replied to Saul does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the voice of the Lord to obey is better than sacrifice. David said, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and a contrite heart. O God, you will not despise. We are exhorted, friends, to present our bodies as sacrifice to God. We are bought with a price. The most precious blood of Jesus Christ, the price. We are not our own. We in body, soul, and spirit belong to Jesus Christ. Our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit lives in us always. He is delighted when we do righteousness. He is grieved when we sin with our body. That is why Christians are depressed and confused. The solution is repentance. Not taking pills. Paul asks, shall I take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never! So he says, therefore, we are to offer our bodies to God in sacrificial services. Honor God with your body. Serve God with your body. We cannot abuse our body. We cannot Use our bodies for our own purposes. Paul introduced himself to the Romans in this way. Doulos Christo Esu. Born slave of Jesus Christ. Such a slave thinks master's thoughts. Wills master's will. Feels the way master feels about anything. He runs to do his master's will. Who sent him. 
and set him free from the slavery to sin and death and the devil. Friends, you must use your mind in the service of God. As believers, we have a renewed mind before we had a depraved mind. Romans 1.28 We were hostile to God. We were enemies of God in our thinking, sir. We did not understand spiritual things now. With a renewed mind, we understand the gospel. We judge all things correctly from a divine point of view. Proverbs 23, 7, we read, As you thinketh in your heart, so are you. It's very important what you think. The Bible says we have the mind of Christ. So our mind matters. Put your mind at God's disposal by studying God's word. What about your eyes and ears? What are you watching? Job said, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a girl. It is adultery. David did this to his eternal shame. Watching pornography. Watching most TV programs. is a waste of time. Watching televangelists can be hazardous to your health. What are you reading? To whom are you listening to? What are you hearing with your ears? May God help you to hear the preaching of the word. Hear godly counsel. Offer your eyes and ears to the service of God. What about your mouth? Are you eating the word of God? Are you proclaiming the word of God? Are you praising God? Are you praying? Are you singing? Or are you gossiping? If you are anorexic or obese, you are abusing your body. You are putting your mouth for wrong use. You are not sacrificing your mouth to God. Whatever you do, whether you eat or drink or do it all for the glory of God. Is your body physically fit? If not, you are not worshipping God with your God-given body. Do you pray with your mouth? What about your tongue? What are you putting your tongues to cursing or blessing? Read Romans 3, 13 and 14. How we used our tongue before we became Christians. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, mouth speaks. Friends, store up good things in your heart by a lifelong study of the Holy Scriptures. And you will speak good things to profit the hearers. What about your hands? Some of the Thessalonian believers were lazy. They refused to work with their hands. Paul rebuked them. If you don't work, he said, don't eat. The state governments and federal governments should listen to the counsel of St. Paul.
He who is tall, let him steal no longer. But let him work with his hands that he may have something to give. Total and radical change. We serve the devil with our body. Now we serve God. What about your feet? Proverbs 7 speaks of a young man going down to the house of an adulteress for his own destruction. Jesus said, deny yourselves, take up the cross and follow me. Are you walking in the way of Jesus, in the highway of holiness to the city of God? Are your feet taking you to people that they may hear the gospel? Are your feet beautiful though covered with dust? Through a shipwreck, Paul arrived at Malta to preach the gospel to them. Speak the gospel wherever our feet take us. What about your sexuality? It should be offered in sacrifice to God. Paul says, free youthful lusts. Free sexual immorality. Single people, consecrate your body in service to God. Married people, obey God's word as revealed in 1 Corinthians 7, Proverbs 5, and the entire book of Song of Solomon. Present your bodies to God as a sacrifice. And this we do throughout our life. Not just on Sunday for one hour. Paul is speaking post-conversion life. Married life, family life, work life, church life, vacation life, financial life. Every aspect of our Christian life, we live for God's glory. What is the chief purpose of human existence? To glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Whatever you do, do it all in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and be thankful. Friends, holy life sanctification is not optional. It is a must. Without holiness, the Bible says, no one can see God. The antinomian Christian is a monstrosity. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? In First John we read verse chapter 3. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself even as he is pure. 1 John 5, 3, this is love for God to obey his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. Jesus said his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Friends, love fulfills the law and God pours love into our hearts, powerful love into our hearts. To do the will of God. Dr. Martin Lloyd Jones says. Do not sin with your body. 
Do not use body as a private property. Do not pamper your body. Do not live for the body. Do not turn your body into an idol. Do not abuse the body. It's not your body. It is the Lord's. Don't let the body dictate to you. You dictate to the body to do God's will. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Command the body to do what is right. Don't eat too much. Don't sleep too much. Keep body fit to serve God. Mens sana in corpore sano. A healthy mind in a healthy body. Do not live for physical fitness. That's idolatry. It's simply saying, see me. And looking for somebody to commit adultery with. They parade their body. John Chrysostom, the great preacher, said, How can body become a sacrifice to God? Let the eye look on no evil, and it is a sacrifice. Let tongue utter nothing base, and it is an offering. Let the hand work no sin, and it is a holocaust. We must, he says, actively exert ourselves for good. The hand giving alms, the mouth blessing them that curse, the ears listening to God. Jesus, friends, lived such a life. A holy life. Making his invisible father visible to us by his life. So Paul says Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation. Saint John says the one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone. For I always do what pleases him. There it is. The classic example of how we should serve God. We therefore also make visible Christ to the world. How? By living a life of Christian sacrifice. Doing what is pleasing to God. So Paul says in Second Corinthians 5. So we make it our goal to please him. We make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. All of life. If we fail to glorify God, let me tell you, God will not hear our prayers. First Peter 3, 7, Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner. And as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life. So that nothing hinder your prayers. If you are unrepentant. If you didn't get right with your brother. If you don't forgive someone. Your prayers are not heard. And not only that. You suffer in your body. For this reason many of you are weak. And sick. And many fall asleep. Did you make the connection sir? We have no option. But to live. 
in the service of our God. We are able to live a holy life. Why? Because of the Holy Ghost dwelling in us, instructing and empowering us to kill sin and obey God. So we read Romans 8 verse 13, if by the Spirit, Holy Spirit, you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. So you are not alone. Holy Ghost and Holy Scripture. Kill! If your right eye causes you to stumble, what do you do? Don't massage it, but gouge it out. Radical treatment. Kill. Show no mercy. Colossians 3, 5, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. What are they? Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil, desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Heavenly Father, bless your people to hear, to believe, that they may go out with joy. That they may experience peace like a river. Righteousness like the waves of the sea. Lord, we read the psalm, it says, they rebelled and they rebelled, but in their distress they called upon the name of the Lord, and you heard their cry and delivered them from all their troubles. Lord, hear our prayers. Save your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.